when I dove in in the process of writing my book and all this stuff, I, and I dove in, I said, okay, what are the principles behind how banks make money? Like, what are they doing? And instead of hating on them, what if we leaned in and said, okay, I want to learn this because I want to be successful myself. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, we're going to be talking about banks. We're going to be talking about the five principles of banking, why banks are incredibly profitable, and how we can take those five principles that the banks are using every single day and apply them into our own life. I think there's context that I want to give before we jump into the principles. Is Five years ago, I worked at a bank and really super grateful for that opportunity because I wouldn't be talking to you right now if I didn't have that experience. And someone asked me, Caleb, how do you guys make money? And that was a great question because I was thinking, I was like, okay, there's multiple buildings. I know the software. I know the operating the bank costs a lot of money. We have multiple employees. That's a great question. How do we make money? Like what service, what value do we provide? And at the end of the day, banking or the institution of banking are just institutions that control capital, control money better than us. That's why they give you a sucker when you go into the bank, right? Because they're like, thank you, because we, we profit because we can control money better than you do. But in all reality, it's true. And it's interesting because as I started learning about some financial strategies, people will say this because it's cool, right? You can be at your own bank. You can bank on yourself. You can become your own banker. And I'm cool with that. I mean, it's a really good marketing. It really makes you rethink your thinking kind of deal. And, and it's just understanding how it all works. But when you ask those people, it's like, okay, what does that actually mean? you kind of get, you don't get a clear answer. When I dove in, in the process of writing my book and all this stuff, I, and I dove in, I said, okay, what are the principles behind how banks make money? Like, what are they doing? And instead of hating on them, what if we leaned in and said, okay, I want to learn this because I want to be successful myself. That's the heart that I'm coming to this. And I don't care where you are in life. You can take these five principles and show up powerfully and, and create more wealth because of that. So principle number one, is flow okay what do i mean by that banks are incredible at getting money to flow to them consistently and they see money before we see it what do i mean by that direct deposits a lot of times banks or credit unions will waive any type of fee that they would have if you create a direct deposit why is that well a direct deposit essentially says when you get paid whether it's you know twice a month or whatever they're literally going to see that money before you do so they are an institution, I want you to picture this, they are an institution that are incentivizing people to flow money to them before anyone else gets it. It's, it's a cash flow game. They want to create consistent cash, cash coming into that institution. That is why they bend over backwards to make sure that you can have that set up and there's powerful incentives for direct deposits. That's also why Wall Street and institutions love 401ks because it's a consistent cash flow going to the mutual funds or whatever. And so it's just interesting. Like, that's a good thing. Like, we want to be successful. We got to figure out ways to have money flowing to us. Because at the end of the day, I say this a lot, 100% of zero is still zero. A lot of people want to get so fancy with their financial lives, but they don't have any money to start with because they need to start creating flow in their personal wealth. Principle number one is flowing money. We wanna figure out ways to get money to flow to us. Principle number two is leverage, okay? Leverage is incredible. It's powerful. It's maximizing what you're doing. And I, I share this in, in the book that 
a bank, if you take a hundred dollars and you deposit it at the bank, and let's say the bank pays you one percent. I'm doing that because I want to make my math easy. Okay, they pay you one percent. The bank's investment in this equation is that one dollar, that one percent. Remember, it's my money. I'm coming to the bank with a hundred dollars. They're paying me one dollar, and now they loan my one hundred dollars out to somebody else. And let's say they charge you four percent. Okay. So they charge you 4%, they're paying me 1%, they're using my money, paying me $1 to control 100, they're making three extra dollars because of that, a 300% profit. I want that to sink in. Banks are incredible at leverage, and um, I've quoted Naval, and if you look at anybody that's created any kind of wealth, they've leveraged opportunity, they've leveraged people, they've leveraged money, they've leveraged software, and it creates that maximum value. Now, banks can take it to the next level because they can lend money off of, they don't need a dollar for dollar reserve in their portfolio to lend. So they can do it at, even at scale, but they understand leverage and it's brilliant. And so we as investors, we as people that need to look for opportunity, we need to lean into where can we leverage our wealth? Where can we leverage capital? Where can we leverage ideas? Where can we leverage opportunities? And how can we maximize that? So principle number two is leverage. Really understand leverage and, and really do an audit of your life and ask the question, how can I leverage more money? Principle number three is liquidity, okay? Now, there's this saying, and, and I got it from Nelson's book, I, ironically, Becoming Your Own Banker. He says, he talks about the golden rule. And, and the golden rule goes like this, those who have the gold make the rules. And it's interesting to me, and I, and I saw this at the bank, where anytime someone wanted to come in for money, they would come into the bank. Why? Because the bank was their access door for capital. Like they weren't sitting on 200K to buy this thing. So they had to come to the bank and be at the mercy of the bank. So what's interesting is those who have the gold, those who have liquidity, they don't necessarily need to beg you to come to them because they have liquidity, opportunities, people, business come to them. I want this to translate. Those who have money, those who have capital, opportunities will seek you out. And that's one of my biggest advice for entrepreneurs and other people that they seem that it's impossible for them to hold on to cash. It's not necessarily a horrible thing, but I'm just saying there's some wisdom by saying, let's have liquidity because if you have liquidity and great opportunities, like they will find you out because not everyone is in that situation. Banks are unique. They have capital. That's why people come to them. So principle number three is those who have the gold make the rules, and, and it really is liquidity and the value of liquidity. The Psychology of Money is another book that is incredible, and I'm forgetting the author at, at the time of this recording, but it's just mind-blowing how he talks about the rate of return of having liquid cash and how we just have to understand the power of liquidity just as it relates to our whole financial model. Number four is collateral. So what's interesting is banks have money flow to them. They maximize their wealth by leverage. They have all the money so people come to them. And oh, by the way, when you come getting a loan, they're not gonna take unlimited risk. They're gonna say, okay, we'll give you a loan for your house, but you're gonna have to put up your house uh, as collateral, meaning if you don't pay, we get to foreclose on you. Or your car, if you don't pay, we're gonna take your car. Or good luck getting a loan with, with unstructured kind of deal. No collateral, you're going to pay a high interest rate because at the end of the day, there needs to be some type of collateral associated with that. So two things that we can learn from this. Banks are great at limiting, like eliminating their chance of loss. And so they're really keen on that. But then the other thing is how do we tap into using collateral efficiently? 
and again, in, in the book, in the Andasa, we talk about how life insurance, you can use that as collateral. And there's actually third-party lenders that can use your life insurance as collateral, and that can be an advantage. But you can use anything of value uh, as collateral, and you want to start tapping into that on both sides. It's like, how do you use that wisely? But then from a bank's perspective, eliminate loss eliminate your chance of loss. And so it's like they're maximizing through leverage, which what's the risk of leverage? Risk of leverage is you can lose a lot more money. But if you eliminate that with making other people put up some of that collateral, you limit your downsides. That's principle number four. And then principle number five is velocity. It's it's this idea of churning money. Banks would be out of business if they just sat with nothing to do with their money. They'd be paying me 1%, which is generous right now, and they wouldn't be generating anything with my cash, with their capital. And so what's interesting is when we deposit money into a bank, that's an asset for us. But for a bank, that's a liability because they're on the hook to return that capital or principal, but they're also on the hook to pay interest. But if uh, loans are an asset to the bank. And so it's just really interesting in how they think differently. And I, I remember uh, working with our accountant and he, he talked to me back in the day about just because I started in the teller line and I was talking about debits and credits and I was going through accounting and we were talking and he was like, yeah, banks are the exact opposite. So just don't get too uh, attached to your accounting course and in, in banking because at the end of the day, it's the exact opposite because banks just think different about capital, liabilities, and velocity. And so this idea of velocity is how can we flow our money? And, and one of the best word pictures is the difference between a pond versus a river. And a river is is one of those things that's powerful. Money, water's in motion, and it's powerful, and it's and it's one of those things where it's like clean, whereas a pond is very stagnant and there tends to be a lot of uh, nasty stuff that can grow there. It's just an example of we want our money to be in motion. So w when I say this and then I also talk about liquidity, it's like, OK, you want liquidity, but you want your money in motion. And there's definitely a balance, right? If a bank had no money, then that would be a problem. They have to have capital to make things happen, but they have to have their money in motion or they're going to go out of business. So it's that common it's that common deal that banks use. And so just to review, principle number 1 is get money to flow to you. In your personal life, how can you get as much money to flow to you as much as possible? Number 2, learn how to leverage things. Like learn how leverage works. It's not just in capital, everything in your life. Lean into that and thank me and message me when you when it you have an epiphany because leverage will change your life. Number 3, liquidity, the value of liquidity, having deals come to you and putting yourself in a position to be able to show up powerfully. Number four, limit your loss, understand collateral. Banks are really masters at that by putting, they get to foreclose on us if we don't do our end of the bargain. And number five, understand the power of velocity and really having your money in motion and, and really having that concept of you're going to make money by capital being in motion and doing other things. And so with that, I hope you enjoyed uh, this segment. I hope that this was uh, helpful, and I hope that this um, helped us understand that, yeah, banks are really successful institutions, and they're doing a lot of good things. And a lot of times, big buildings, you'll see, oh, a bank. But then it's like, okay, what, what are banks doing, and how can we apply that into our life? And so I uh, hope you enjoyed. If you're on YouTube, please comment what the most profound principle was. If you're on podcast. We appreciate you a ton. Share this with a couple of people that you think that this would be helpful for. We're trying to get the message out of in living intentional lives. And we know that if people get their money thing figured out, they can live more intentionally. And so that's what Better Wealth is all about. We appreciate your, you listening. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.